With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Welcome, Dr. Paula Price, to the Paula Price Show. Another week of scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. We don't even know what's about to happen to us, but we know it's going to be good. You are here. It is Thursday. Thursday. Paula Price Show, live and in living color. It's Thursday, Paula Price Show, live and in living color. And I haven't been with them all week. It's been like, whew. I think I'm having um withdrawal. <laughs> I think I'm having a little bit of withdrawal symptoms. But before I get started, I want to make sure that you note your calendar. I didn't do it. Well, maybe next week. <laughs> what could be? But next week, I will be in Joliet, Illinois, at Antioch Christian Assembly with Prophetic Ed and. If I had to sum up, which I am doing, you know, I am summing up, but if I had to sum up my my subject, it would be the career path of the prophet. You know, one of the things that we are very good at, we're good at ministry path, but since people kind of subjectively define ministry as, well, my gift, my anointing, you know, my calling, my destiny. Um, but, but there is a career path that prophets have in Scripture, and that path is very important. And when you talk about a career path, Prophet Ashley, we talk about not just your gifts, not just your talents, and not just your anointing. All of those are part of the criteria for your career path. But the prophets have a career path, a path that fulfills their purpose, that achieves what God wants, that manifests them and distinguishes them from other communications specialists in the world. Man, that was good. I got to hit that. When I got right away, I mean, Right out the gate. See, I told you I miss you guys. But I'm working hard getting ready for school and getting us ready to go. We're moving into our school facility this weekend, Prophet Ashley. You have two moves in two weekends. Hey, I'm excited there are two separate weekends. <laughs> yeah, because we've had, hey, we've had work. So we are moving into our school. If you've not registered or, or called to uh, fill out an application, hey, do so. I'm looking forward to you. I want to tell you, because so many times 
there, you know, I think that all of you out there listening to me today and those of you who are following God today, you are in a very unenviable position. No longer are things clear, cut, and dried. Now you have to wade through so many things. You've got to have wisdom, tools, experience, and sometimes expertise in areas you never had to give a second thought to. You know, if you wanted to go to school, you went to school for ministry, period. Whatever that was, and that was, a, you know, again, that was a single consciousness or corporate understanding, this is ministry. If you weren't going into ministry, then you were going into some sort of profession, but it would be professional life. Now we have a whole lot of, of, of uh, subsets and, and sub-degrees and sub-programs under those very broad statements and very broad uh, umbrellas. So I want to encourage you to enroll Check out Price University. First of all, we get you ready for ministry, but we also get you ready to succeed ministerially in the workplace without losing your job or your respect or credibility. We have fusion classes where we teach you how to wrap that mantle and wrap that destiny around your professional work. Because who are we kidding? We all have to pay bills. And I think gone are the days for us to just go and spend tons and tons of money for a ministerial call that has no financial payback because ultimately you're going to be disappointed and you'll have to spend that money all over again. That is not how we do business at Price University. We understand that you are going to spend more time in the work or world than you're going to spend in your local church. And unless God gifts you to have a mega church, which, of course, the reason they're mega is because, well, there's not a lot of them, because if everybody had a mega church, we'd all be heading in heaven. We'd be getting on a mothership right about now. That's not happening. So we have what we call fusion training where and fusion programs where you are taught how to wrap that divine calling around your natural work and profession, your secular calling. Because sometimes they're the same, and sometimes they appear different. And you know what else? Actually, sometimes they appear contradictory, but they're not. Because God is not that. God's not the author of confusion in any area. He's not confused about anything. And I'll tell you, I was telling her this morning as I was coming out of prayer, I said, you know, God's like the most clearest thinking person you'll ever meet. I mean, emphatically clear. And so all of that other on-again, off-again stuff, that's not God. But, but um, you know, that could be your human mind. That could be seducing spirits. We don't know, and that's not what this is about today. But I want to tell you, so we have subjects. We're going to teach you how to handle your mind, retrain your brain, educate your spirit, deliver your soul, and still master the educational information or the academia that, that will help you go forward in getting your job. And then once you've done all of that, we then lead you down the path of performance, and we teach you how to practice what you do, and we create safe environments for you to make all the mistakes you want. Ashley, I want you to say something. Uh, we were talking last week about, you know, so many of these young people and, you know, how they whoop, catapult to the top and then plummet or, or, or burn out because of, and you shared something about that. Sure. I was talking about the importance of submitting to mentorship, not just having someone in your life who keeps into your situations or uh, it serves as a mentor, but the responsibility of the mentee mm -hmm. to really submit to the right mentor, which may not be the most popular person. Many times when, and I just had something messing with someone else, 
when you see, uh, you know, let's just say the same as people at the top, we'll say the top of the chain. They also have mentors. Don't they? People in the shadows who are not famous, maybe other people who are famous, they don't know. That mentorship relationship is often a very private thing. It's under the radar, and it is that person that they have submitted themselves to to develop them, mm-hmm. to pick at those raw places, to address, this is going to get you in trouble later. This is going to get you in trouble now. <laughs> this is working. Fine, too. We're fine. I mean, as much as people want to say, you know, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Price's word is so serious and so whatever over the years, especially way back in the day. Yeah. Your mentorship is so nurturing, nourishing, developmental to those who submit to the process. Mm-hmm. I have observed and even found in hindsight <laughs> over the years, mentorship really only hurts you when you don't submit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It'll tweak, oh, go in and get that, hold on. And you know how the doctors will say, okay, one, two, three, yes. <laughs> no move. And this is going to hurt for a second. And the more you fight them, the more you tear, you rip, mm-hmm. you, you actually do more damage than the procedure is intended to do. Very because good. you're fighting that person who is working with you. There's only one, there's only a couple ways to get something out that mm-hmm. shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. We're going to, okay, you're going to take these pills to see if we can pass them naturally. Mm-hmm. It's something that's in the system, the digestive tract. Or we're going to have non-invasive surgery, mm-hmm. which is really funny because you're still invading. <laughs> but we're sending you home today instead of three days from now. Or you're going to have to have a major procedure and a lot of follow-up and whatever. Either way, the process is still the same. And people who don't really submit to that mentorship, which is not the same as coaching. No, it isn't. It's not the same as advising. Some people just want advice. They want to collect as much advice as possible and say that you're their mentor. Yes. And you're really not. That's a you. But, I know. You know I know. It's kind of you. Are there people who say you're their mentor and you're actually not? Mm-mm. Your books have maybe mentored them, guided them, and instructed them. But if you've never actually met the person, then they are not your one-on-one assigned appointed mentor mm-hmm. in your active life. And so those were some of the things that we were talking about, the value of submitting. I've seen over the years people who have benefited monumentally mm-hmm. through your work. Sometimes just one word. one word. They have run off one word, gotten into their career, <laughs> destiny, fast, perfect, the whole nine, on one prophecy. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen people year after year after year after year fighting uh, uh, in angst, not really sure, I don't really know. And so the effects are minimal and mm-hmm. intermittent at best. Exactly. So you have a season where you're like breaking forth and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then these other areas that you don't want that mentor to touch, you know, mm-hmm. well, I'm still going to work on this by myself, I don't really know. Then you have that on again, off again, whatever. And it can look like maybe it's the, the word of the mentor that's at fault. But in my observation, in my non-scientific approach, you know, to this moment, mm-hmm. it is the mentee and their inconsistency in submission, inconsistency in going, you know, to God, just meditating, listening on the word, whatever, that really causes that breakdown. Well, I think that's very good, especially from someone who's been mentored by me for, like, what, 18 years? Almost. Almost 18 years. And... And still, still submitting to mentorship. We still have moments, but we not as many, because now I just I have fallen into more of that encouraging, motivational, uh, and coaching role with you. Because 
you know, aside from the courses you still must take. One of the things that I, I thought was very good, and that is I've learned with mentees that the church has been poorly trained for mentors. They have a lot more regard for the gurus of the world sure. than the mentors of Jesus Christ, and maybe for good reason. But they're poorly trained. They're told that they, that they should get everything from the Holy Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit hasn't told them, then their acceptance of it is optional. Optional, all right? And so they're very poorly trained. That's number one. Number two, actually, they don't know what to expect from a mentor because most of them think advice, you know, on the, having a lunch together and getting a couple of nuggets, they think that's a mentorship. They don't understand the difference between, and we've covered this before, mentoring, tutor, tutoring, you know, counseling, advising, coaching, motivating, and plain inspiring. You know, some people are just inspiring, but they can't nurture you into purpose or even understand the nurturing side of mentorship. They also can't, the church is poorly trained for mentorship because they can't take, the church by and large can't take truth. Mentors are about the truth. You know, you watch those shows, those so you think you can this or that. Those people have to live with brutal, honest truth. But you know what they all say? It makes me better. You can tell that Christians don't want to be better because they already think they're the best by virtue of getting saved, saying the sinner's prayer. So Christians don't ever want to be better because they think they're the best, even though nothing in their lives is reflecting that. You know, they're not bearing fruit of the best. That's why people are going elsewhere. That's why Christianity is now having to compete for souls. But that used to be our sole dominion. Was we, we were the soul side, you know what I mean, and the world was the, the, the physical side. Now we have to, that, that pool is being battered and divvied up, and we are now having to compete with the very religions that Jesus Christ dethroned on the cross of Calvary for our, to fulfill our destiny. And most, and that's what we see now. And a lot of these young people don't know they're being seduced by fallen spirits because they think, well, it, it, well, it sounds logical, but it felt right. And if you and if you run it on feelings, Jesus is going to get on your nerves because he's not going to feel good to you every day. In your early days with Jesus Christ, you're not going to feel good about a lot of things because he is always going to be glaring down on the things he didn't make and the things he didn't plant in you. And that's what your mentor is to do. Your mentor in Christ is to, is to get in there and remove those things that Jesus did not plant or those things that he did not create in you. When he was getting ready to go to the cross, Jesus said, the, the God of this world is coming, but he will find nothing in me. There, Because he, he, I didn't let him plant anything in me, and he was not my maker, so he could not have created anything in me or stored it for later use. So when you are unable to, I have found that because the church has no uniformity, especially the, the you know, the non-denoms, charismatic churches, because there are some non-denoms that are really great, and I'm sure maybe some charismatic churches, my issues have been so much with the laxity of the charismatic church that you can't get anything done. People come there to come away from rules or order and structure. Then they're going to start their own work and build it on rules and order and structures that they can live with whether or not it's for the good of the whole. And so I would say to you, the second thing is that, the third one is that, again, these, these young people don't, because they have these, this MTV crowd, you know, these are the ones, the, 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 you know, VH1 crowd, that you do anything you want, any way you want to do it, and so if we can do Christianity any way we want to do it. Now, what, what they gave you was a fad. What we're giving you is the faith of the Almighty, and there are two different things. And so these young people cannot survive it. I have a course. I've been would be offering it in our school along with our you know other um, emotional intelligence and all of that stuff, uh, cognitive studies. But 
these people, I have a, a course called Soul of Success because invariably, if your soul is not healed and whole, it cannot sustain your success. And the pressures will eventually cause you to self-destruct or sabotage yourself. And a lot of these young ministers are in self-sabotage. And they're sabotaging themselves because the, their, their soul was not groomed and programmed to sustain the success that their gifts and talents would attract. And some of us, we have got to do it. And this is whether this is in the church or out of the church. It doesn't matter. How many of us know our favorite star, our favorite child of this who's crashing and burning, our favorite star who came out of nowhere, suddenly discovered on top for three years and whatever happened to, and all of them. And to make it, they got to do drugs. They have to do alcohol. They have to do all manner of pills and all kind of things to, to fill in the blanks of the soul that were not yet ready for that success. Because substance abuse, literally substance abuse is about soul blanks. The blanks, the gaps, the empty places, the voids in the soul that don't have wisdom, that don't have courage, that don't have confidence, that don't have strength, those are being, they are being artificially supplied. And so all of those addictions artificially supply your soul blanks. And so that's something that a mentor will find. And a mentor, a good mentor, will create an environment for us to get in there, play with that, deal with it, without you having to have everything you built for 5 or 10, 15 years on the line. That's why a lot of those do. You know, I think the greatest uh, mentor, mentor, at least in today's time, actually, mentor mentorship thing is uh, Oprah and Dr. Phil. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know there was a Dr. Phil. Right. We never knew, you know, until she decided this is who keeps me together. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs somebody to keep them together. And when the pressures come and when fragmentations come and, and blows come that that they want to tear you apart, you can't just go to your prayer closet. Sometimes in your prayer closet there's as much pain as out of it because you have no treatment for that blow. And you need somebody to fill your soul with the defenses and the shields that it takes so that you don't deteriorate, you don't pervert, and you don't abandon Jesus Christ because you took a blow in his name. And so all of that is what mentorship is about, in addition to the, the whole academia. There is, the academia is important. Yeah, we need to read the books. You need the t- classes and training because that helps you. But, the, you know, we are a full being. An education process or developmental process should develop your instincts, should develop your intelligence, and it should develop your inspiration, and I think also it should develop your insulation because all of these things come out of that. That's the eyes of your mentorship, and many of you have been with mentors who haven't had it themselves, and so you're throwing the whole baby out with the bathwater because you had one or two mentors that you chose poorly that, that delivered on what they said they could deliver on, which was nothing. You know, you have to start asking your mentor, so what does that mean and what does that look like? And then the next issue I find the church with mentorship is that the mentee thinks they know more than the mentors, and they think that because they chose this mentee, they are the authority or they are the specialist. You know, and, 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 and sitting there spending most of your mentorship trying to find out when your mentor is in the flesh and in the spirit is defeating. And far too many mentees will use that as an excuse to, uh, as a cloak for their disobedience and their rebellion. 
because they are they, they have issues with authority. If you have problems with authority, you will never be a good mentee. Write that down. Write it down, and I want you to put it on the wall, and I want you to examine yourself. Everybody needs to examine themselves. If you have a problem with authority figures, you will be a terrible mentee. How do you know if you have problems? Because I, I would venture to say that most people who do will say they don't. Well, they say they don't because they are they're not they they do everything in control. People who have authority authority issues or issues with authority figures, and I don't put anybody in leadership who does. And if they are, I remove them because you if you don't think that you ought to uh, ought to cooperate or whatever. But first of all, people with who have problems with authority figures actually always always are loners or either they change the rules. Now, for some people, if they are called to be a groundbreaker, an innovator, whatever, but I'm talking about people who are in a particular vein and in the flow, you're with the norm, you're part of the norm. So number one, you will always change the rules. I found that the people in my organization who have problems with authority will always countermand what I say. They'll always alter it. They'll change the rules or they'll change the instructions or they'll adapt it. The people who have problems with authority figures are always going to be linked for everything. They can't be on time. That is the number one hallmark of a person who has problems with authority figures. The next thing is that they always, always complain. You will always know because they complain about everything. They personalize every development, every whatever. They also keep dredging up things that are past. You'll know that because they'll always say, yeah, well, you always do. This is always, and it's always mantra. They, all, they have that. And then when you, and I say always because you don't, in my experience of all 35 years I've done this and all of the people I've mentored, all people with authority figure issues behave the same way. Secondly, they always got the tell-off. They always want to keep you up, keep you down. So we're going to make sure that you don't think more highly of yourself than you are. So then I don't have to obey you. Then I don't have to listen to you. So I'll always pick at your, your flaws. I'll always find criticisms with you. I'll always find issues that, well, you know, you're not, you're developing them or you're trying to correct them and they're going to come back. Well, yeah, that might be so, but. Because I know you. And so they're always coming because they're always trying to equalize the situation so they don't have to do what they don't want to do. So they've always got tactics to equalize the situation. So even though I let you be my mentor, but I really don't think that you have anything more to offer me than I can do for myself. So you're always going to have those kind of issues. And they don't do assignments. They make great big promises, but they don't ever finish. They will start, they will begin, but they will have more unfinished tasks than they have finished ones. They make great promises, but they forget what they say they're going to do. Here's the other thing. They're not team players. They will always disrupt your staff. These are people who are going to hold up your meetings with crazy long discussions about whatever. These are people who are going to take your instructions and behind your back say, but I, I know that pastor so-and-so, but I, and so they're always going to change. Remember, they're always trying to change your organization into their criticisms because they are always going to level the playing field. And I think every one of you need to share this with all of the people that you know, because some, you said some people don't know. And, and they're always argumentative. They're strifeful people. But they're so, some of them are so polished, it takes you a year to realize that they're strifeful. Like, you always got something going on. They're, these are people mess follow. Mess will find them. If mess is locked up under the sea in a, in a, in a, a, a what do you call it, a steel trap box, wrapped up and covered in radiation, it's going to find them because these are strifeful people, because of people, because God is the God of order. 
you know, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 said higher official is above higher official and higher official above them. And so these are people that never will do it. And they're not going to work with you if they don't get center stage and the glory. They got to have, you, you can't, I mean, if you forget to call their name in a list, they're tore up, they leave them back on my stuff, I'm going. So these are people that this, now everybody has elements of those. We all have elements of those, which is why you need a mentor as well as an advisor, as well as an educator and trainer, because you have to train it out. We have a course here talking about how to retrain your brain in our university. We're starting it in, I think, October, how to retrain your brain, because you don't know your brain doesn't work. And you don't know why it's not working. You just know that you keep having, you know, problem after problem. I have one thing that delivered me. I was 25 years old, and I remember I wasn't even in God at that time, but I was 25 years old, actually, and then I was sitting in there, and I had, just had my latest blow up with somebody. And I asked, I mean, I was sitting there just thinking out loud, why is it every one of my relationships, da 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 And you know, I, that's how I knew it was God. You know what God said? He said, because you don't. Work your relationships to work. And he began to tell me, you, 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 if you constantly have blow-ups and blow-ups and blow-ups and you always have to tell somebody off and you always have to speak out and you always got to tell your mind and always dragging somebody in a meeting, you are strifeful. And, so, and you need to know that strife. You need to look up the definition of strife. You need to look up the definition of, of, of rivalry. It's important for you to recognize these things because some of you all are wonderful, sweet people. I, some of you I've talked to, I've, I've answered you on Facebook, but you don't know that you're strifeful. You don't know that you are contentious. That every, if you've got to drag people in a meeting, meeting over every wound you have, every hurt you have, we've got to have a meeting, we've got to have a class on it, we've got to have a session, we need an encounter group, we need therapy. If, every time you turn around, the world is not going to change into your pet. And that's what people want. You want the world to change into your pet so that your spaces become the most important thing. Come on, God can't even get his own spaces. He got crazy folk going on and carrying on. But hear this. And these are the things I talk to my people about. And we work through that. And we don't just work it out through lectures. We work it out through a whole host of, of, of methods and, and, uh, and uh, uh, activities so that they can see it. You know, people come to my organization, they wonder how they get along. These people fight. My God, humans fight and giants fight harder. But I even gave them fight rules. I taught them how to, how to face off with each other. Because in the end, we need to all fight a common enemy. But there, there are times that they just, we just have to work through things. But I'm telling you this. And, I, I mean, I've said recently, and I have a couple of people on staff, I said, but, you know, why is it that every time we turn around, we can find you in the midst of next? You, you're, you're in there. Your feelings are hurt. You feel like you aren't respected. You feel like all of that is swamp stuff. I always say the soul, the soul is like a, a, a swamp land of gold treasure. And if you can get past the alligators and the crocodiles, the swamps, and the poison is this and the poison is that, you can probably get yourself some good gold out of that swamp. But trust me, if we don't turn that swamp into clear water, into good water, you will never get the gems and the gold and the, and the treasures that God hid in there because every one of you all have amazing treasures, but some of you all, y'all got too many crocs and alligators and, and poison snakes and count on down in there for anybody to even want to attempt to get it. And we got to put some people, I told Ashley, some people to have a meeting with them, I got to throw on hazmat. Come on, help me somebody. I got to put on the, the goggles so my eyes are not getting gouged out. I got to put the 
headgear on so it's not, you know, contaminating my ears and my, my brain and stuff. I got to put on a uniform so that the, the, the sting is not, come on. I feel like I'm going into a swarm of bees with some arguments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or some insects. So I'm saying that, you know, you ask the question, but that's, how are they doing? <laughs> hey, you are, you guys all right with me? Oh, yeah. Uh, I need to call you doctor for nothing. <laughs> That's Dr. Well, you've been talking about Christ University. has been wonderfully interwoven in this. What would you say in a statement or two makes Christ you different from what's out there? I would say John 17, 17. Sanctify them by thy truth, Father, thy word is true. We are going to deal with what is real. We're going to deal with the realities that you bring to the process and the realities that you're going to take after the process to treat the world. We're, we're going to deal with that. And, and the church, I mean, I just got through been having a whole conversation about what, what shouldn't, shouldn't be said and how you shouldn't say things and, and how you can't say certain things. We don't even know God enough to know how sharp tongue God is. God's a pretty sharp tongue. You know, for you to stand there and tell somebody you brood of vipers, all y'all going to hell, I think it's pretty sharp, okay? I think it's pretty sharp for you to turn around and make up a, cat, a whip and beat up people in the church. That's pretty sharp. And we still, we still follow him to death. So um, my attitude is this. The, the slow, the, our model is learn today and lead tomorrow. One thing people don't like is sick leaders. They don't like sick leaders because they don't know if it's contaminating. They don't know if they're dealing with the truth. They don't know if they're dealing with the lie. They don't know if they deal, what they're dealing with. They don't like sick leaders. And so I spent tons and tons of hours producing programs and processes that educate you, hallelujah, because you need the education, that edify you, that enlighten you, but also that train you to be a healed healer. What did Jesus say? Physicians heal yourself. So we have a whole lot of people who are not healed themselves psychologically, and then they're going to turn around to do it. And one thing a sick person will always do is accuse you of their malady. Yeah, but that's your malady, but, you, but you're projecting. That's what they do, you know. And so you always hear that. You, you listen to how often they do it, and so many of them will do that. But I will say to you, Price University is not just about your education, your competence, and your capability, we're also about your conquest. And if you can't conquest your soul, conquer your soul, you can't conquer anybody else's issues with them. It can't happen. You know, broken people break people. Sick people, sicken people. That's what we have. We have uh, a lot of our leaders today are socially and psychologically wounded and destroyed. And so they are sickening people. And they are breaking breaking nations and breaking laws and breaking, you know, civilizations and all of that, not because they set out to do that. These people set out to do good. But the pressures of the hostility, if you're not trained in the hostility, if you're not trained in the, in the pushback and the blowback, you won't succeed. A lot of these people won't succeed. A lot of pastors got up there with the love of Christ and the shepherd's heart, and they never anticipated the goats and the sick sheep in their midst. And so one blow too many, and eventually they're shifting. They're changing their doctrine. They're turning this and turning that. They're taking this out. Well, I won't say this, and I won't say that. Well, I won't say the other. Well, the people don't like it. Well, let me tell you something. There's a people group for every calling. There's a people group for every calling. Light, dark, good, evil, doesn't matter. 
You realize that you may love that interior designer. Isn't it that, that, that? Oh, she's just wonderful. Don't you just love her? And you just love this carpenter. Isn't she great? And you love the builder, the architect. Aren't they wonderful? But guess what else you don't acknowledge that you love, but that you love dearly? You love the garbage man. Nobody praises the garbage man until he doesn't come. And the minute the garbage man leaves garbage, now you look at them and you disdain them, then you want to stay away from them because they smell like your garbage. But you know what? You need them. You want that garbage man. You want that treatment plant because there's a people group for everybody. And a great leader and a great promoter will find the people group. A great producer will find the people group. They will not turn around and tell you, you've got to be different for, for their limitations. There's a people group. There's a congregation for everybody. There is. There is a store for everybody. And the marketeers of the world know that. They know some people are hardwired. They're never going to be different. So they find out where they can prosper them. But that's part of what you learn when you come to Price University. My people will tell you I never told them to change. And if they tried to emulate each other too much, I would jump in there. And I said, hold on. I need you to be you. Now, you can go and bear fruit after your own kind, but I don't need you converting this group. Go for, bear fruit after your own kind. Is this not true, Esther? Oh, it's very true. You, you don't want everybody to look like you. No, don't want that. Outside of us speaking in the same spiritually, organic, culturally, and modified vein of accuracy, which will be under the title of branding, um, we are all supposed to be. And when people look at us, they can see the individuality mm-hmm. and the uniformity. Isn't that powerful? Mm-mm. No. And that's what I look forward to. So if you're coming to, if you're looking for a school that's going to enable you to be the most powerful you you can be and to have, and put you in a position where God's treasures in you can be honed and developed for who he has and what he has, then we're for you. If you're looking for the same old, same old, the same messages, same songs, same classes, same, 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 the same way with just different labels and different covers, we're not for you, and I'm not apologizing for that. I am called for scripturally organic, culturally unmodified Christianity. I am called to establish new era apostleship. When you come to our school, that's what we're doing. I'm called to disciple apostolic Christians. That's never going to stop. And I'm called to empower the five-fold in what God is doing next. Education is always for the future. So if you don't have an eye to the future and you only have an eye to the past, I'm not your school. Because education is always for the future. Always. You are, you are in school today for what you want to do or, or get paid for tomorrow. So that is why we say learn today and lead tomorrow. And I'm for leaders. I'm for thought leaders. I'm for trend leaders. I'm for trendsetters. I'm for pace setters. I am for uh, developers and trainers. I'm for coaches. I am for examples and illustrators and, and all that. But I'm for people who lead. The first of our leadership class, for example, you know what our first leadership class is? How to lead your life. <laughs> you remember that class? Yes. And you taught that on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Yes, I did. I said so. And then afterwards, I built a program around the first thing you ever lead is your life. And if you cannot lead your life and stay truthful to your own compass, your own truth, and all of that, you will also lead people off the beaten track. If you can't be solid in who you are, you're going to make unsolid people, stable people, 
very fluid people, people who are caught up in trends. You look at all of these trends in the church, those are leaders who were not solid. They had mentors who couldn't, who, who couldn't hold on to their own convictions. So that's why we have that. Because when you start out as, as saying it's God, and then you got to turn around and try to change God because you don't want to change, that's a problem. That means you've never been good at leading your life. You've always followed the crowd. You've always followed trends. Satan could count on you to deviate into his latest thing he wants to do. Because strong leaders are the same. They're going to tell you, yeah, when I knew him 25 years ago, he was like, well, his mama would say, yeah, well, he was like that as a little boy. Those are strong leaders. And they, are, they have already resolved their soul's conviction. When you look at that, that's why I have all the conversations I have. I said, because I want you to understand that you are a person that the world could always talk you into. And if they can talk you into to offending Christ, they can talk you into leaving him. And then they can talk you into perverting him, just on little things, and because you have to be converted. You know, I'm still saying, Peter, God told me, Peter's thing is the most powerful story I think we'll ever see in Scripture, actually, where he said, but when thou art converted. See, the church followed the tattoo, the piercing, the immorality, and all of those trends because their leaders believed in them at the root. They tried Jesus, but they never, ever converted to Jesus Christ because he tells you that. I want to talk to you, and there's another reason. I had, had an interesting time getting ready today, a few minutes, but... It's my few minutes, so I'm going to talk about it. So I want to talk to you today about something, another reason it makes you, makes you fall off the beaten path. And this reason I have entitled Church Drain. We've all heard about church burnout. We've heard about that. But there's something called Christian Drain, D-R-A-I-N, where you are drained of your Christianity. You are drained of your faith in Christ. You're drained of your passion. But many times when we see that, because we're so therapeutic as an institution, we start at the righteousness of the sufferer. Mm. And not the righteousness of the Lord or the God of our salvation. So in our world, don't you just love it, in our world, with the sufferer says that something caused their pain and caused their suffering, they are right, and the cause is wrong. See, that's what I mean about, about being able to convert to what you need. So I'm basing this, just to give you an example, uh, on um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, the apostolic church. Now, apostolic church, I'll get back to that in a moment, but Ephesians is considered the apostolic church because most of the apostles came through there. And for sure, Paul and John uh, have been there. Paul, John, and Peter, those are the, the pillars. And so, um, but what is church drain? Church drain is something that happens when you become disturbed with God. You are disturbed with God because of, his, because of what you lost, because of your setbacks, because of your barriers and your barrenness. And so you are disturbed with God, and it's making you sick, you know, that hope deferred thing. We act like because the Bible said hope deferred, that God is the only person who can defer your hope. Some of you all, a marriage can defer your hope. Some of you all, an untimely pregnancy can defer your hope. Some of you all, the, uh, a blow-up. You know, a lot of Christians are out of place because they had to speak their mind to somebody and tell somebody off, not ever seeing that that could come back on. You know, again, dealing with that, that other thing we just got through discussing. So 
we hope deferred does not say when God defers your hope. Life can defer your hope. Track crises, you know, upset, lose your job, have to move, get sick. A lot of things can defer your hope, but we always make God the heavy. You can have a friendship that defers your hope. Evil company corrupts good habits. Somebody who really likes you and then assumes you're very close to this companion that they always see you with will not use you because they know that companion comes in the package. A lot of you all, sometimes your spouses did it because people appreciated you, but your spouse was so unsavory, they passed on you because of your spouse. You'll never know it. So let's look at that. So we're disturbed at God, and I'm calling these things, um, this entire thing is really uh, evaluating your soul compass. Because remember, beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So let's look at some of the things that can cause the losses, the setbacks, the barriers, and the barrenness. You like this. Tell your friend she's getting ready to dig in your soul. Go, go ahead on, share. Share with your friend she is getting ready to dig into your soul. So here we go. Number one, trials and testing. God tries everybody that he's going to use, just like the car manufacturers try their cars and their cars part, and they try everything part by part, piece by piece. So that's why it could be very involved, but they try it. Airplane makers, machine makers, uh, the, the, your video monitors, you know, even ceramic stuff, tried. Everything is to be tried for two things, you, for its integrity. And that integrity applies to usefulness and durability and longevity. They try it. They want to see, they put a stress test on it. So some of you all are under stress, and you're upset with God because you're in a stress test for your future. Okay? So we, God tries everything. And then there are times there's tribulations. Sometimes, we, we, like some, some products are made, and they literally throw them in a very troublesome situation. And the trouble, you know, like, the, come on, let's talk about the little, um, what do you call them, crash dummies. The crash dummies, that's the tribulation. They are in that car to be crashed. Okay, so we know that. And so sometimes you are, your hope is deferred because God is testing your ability to come out of a crisis and still have him as number one and you not have any degrading of your competencies or your confidence. So that's not needful. And then we have judgments and decisions. Some of you all, you are in there because you made a, you just made a, rendered a poor judgment. You judged somebody faithful who was faithless. You judged something quality that was not. You judged something as essential when it was when it was just something else. You know, it wasn't essential. It was just a luxury. And some of you all judged a luxury more important than an essential and got mad because they locked you out your apartment. And your decisions. So decision-making, your decisions are going to be tried. The Bible says of God's word that it is tried seven times. God's word is tried seven times so that he is. Now, I love the way they write this Psalm 51. I love the way he writes this. He says that you may be vindicated when you are judged. So your righteousness will be tried or your attempt at it. Some of you all attempted to do it God's way, got one little flash, fingernail broke, got a little steam in your arm or something, and you out, you're done. But that's what the trial was to prove, who couldn't go the distance. 
who would crumble under pressure, who would sell God out over nothing, who would, when God put you on top, that you would turn around and start serving his adversary. And why did God do it? Because God needed his people to see the difference between the two. If, we, if, if Israel hadn't had a Saul, they wouldn't have understood a David. So there are a lot of Sauls in the seat for you to understand and appreciate the Davids that are going to replace them. Real stuff. Okay, here's one, your impatience and imprudence. Some of you are like, I got to have it. I can't wait. I got to have it now. Most of marketing is based on fanning impatience. Why wait? Why ask why? You got to have it. The heart wants what the heart wants. Where do you think all of that is coming from? Not Jesus Christ. Because he knows the heart will change tomorrow. And any set of circumstances will alter your heart. But they don't care because they've already got your money. So there's there. And here's one, haste and waste. Some of you all are so, so get things so quickly, you waste money that should be earmarked for something else. Imprudence is about earmarking things for what belongs to them, but it's needful. And then here's seasons and settings. Sometimes it's just that, longevity. Some, you know, that farmer cannot rush that fruit. He has got to wait for picking season to come. And if he picks early, it's costly. So Seasons and settings. Sometimes you all are in the wrong setting. God told you to leave that church 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because God knew they were going to shift, and God knew he was going to have to correct them. He knew he was going to have to do something, so he told you to leave so that your harvest and your blessings wouldn't be there. And you argued with God. You said, but God, this is my family. Well, Lord, this is my friends. Well, Lord, my kids like the so-and-so. Well, Lord, my husband won't leave. Well, Lord, my wife likes it. And now, when that church went into trial, you want God to tell you when you can go. And he's like, I already told you when you can go. You missed that window. Sit and ride it out with them. And you're going to ride out that leaders and that church's crises. And you're going to ride it to the end. And all of the all of the things that are happening to their blessings are going to happen to yours. Oh, yeah. I know. Isn't it something? Because nobody said things like that. No. And that's why so many of you all are angry with God when the decision was yours, when you didn't leave. And when you decided not to leave, God gave you a vision when he was trying to convince you. He gave you a vision. You saw your church going through. And you know what you did? You went all spiritual on it. And you said, well, I'll just intercede. Like, you can pray down the will of God. You can pray down the will of Satan. You can't pray down the will of God. Nobody should tell you that. We ought not to teach you that you are sovereign over the Almighty. You are not sovereign over God. You don't have a prayer that's going to move God. God is, and let me tell you something, you will move God better with love, grace, and sugar than you'll ever move him with your intercession because that's a function and that's a duty to achieve certain things. And here's the last one, number eight, consequences and correction. So you made a judgment that didn't work. You didn't, you, you, you didn't fare so well in the trials. You were a little hasty, so you jumped out the, the, the trial bin early. You were a little imprudent. You start making choices. When they gave you the game to pick the pieces, you picked the ones that wasn't going to work. And, and then you obviously wanted to run ahead of your, your seasons and settings. So we got consequences and correction. And sometimes God, God will try you on what cost him the least so that you will be prepared and capable of keeping what costs him the most if you fail. So let's look at this church of, of Ephesus, um, and then I'll, I'll give you the DRAIN acronym. acronym. You're going to want to get a pen and paper to write this down when I get there, okay? But um, I call the Ephesus is the apostolic church. Well, here's why. Unto the church, um, Revelation 2.1, wait a minute, I'm going to read it. In, in, in the language that you all may like, so y'all could job at work. I don't want to put you to too much stress. Okay. I try. Okay. 
Um, write this to the angel of the church of, in Ephesus. Here is a message from the one who holds the seven stars. That's the seven angels. The church has a sevenfold message we have yet to find. Sevenfold is it. And in my apostolic prophetic Bible education class, I tell you why the number seven is where God is in everything. Okay? But here <clears throat> he holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. And the seven lampstands are considered to be the seven churches as the light of the world. I know what you do, how hard you work, and never give up. I know that you don't accept evil people. You have tested those who say they are apostles but are not. You have found that they are liars. You never stop trying. You have endured troubles for my name and have not given up. But I have this against you. You have left the love you had in the beginning, or what we call first love. So remember where you were before you fell. Change your hearts and do what you did at first. If you don't change, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But there is something you do that is right. You hate the things that the Nicolaitans do. I also hate what they do. Everyone who hears this should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To those who win the victory, I will give the right to eat from the fruit, eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. Now look at this. Ephesus, apostolic stronghold. But Ephesus is also Diana's seat. So that means the spiritual warfare is great and that culture, culture is all supportive, reflective, and related to Diana worship. Dianic worship is this. So that's the first thing. Paul said in Ephesus he had to fight beasts. That means they, they gave him a rough time. And if you study all of the things that happened in Ephesus, you can understand why Jesus wrote this letter. But then, but, but it, because of that, apostles, true apostles have such a vibrant and passionate love for Christ, it's infectious. It's contagious. And so you get, you, you get caught up in that love and you're all excited, but you act as if going to that apostolic house or that apostle's church is going to heaven. It's tantamount to being in heaven, and it isn't. It's earth with God easing the pressure. So he said, the first thing is you do the things I like. You don't accept evil people. Oh, wow, that wouldn't go well in evangelical doctrine today. You couldn't do, say that. And you have tested those who say the apostles are, are apostles, but not. Who are you to speak against the segment? That won't fit, all right? You have found their lies. You never stop trying. In other words, these people are energetic. They're determined to resign, and they're resolved, rather, and resign to Christ and laborious. They're laborers. You found, you've endured troubles because they're in Diana's seat. And he said, but now he's saying, but something changed their heart. What changed their heart? The same things I just read. The losses, the fights, the decisions that have to leave this and have to do that and have to flee this and have to do that. And so what God is saying, hey, I need you to love me like you did in the beginning. I need you to think that I'm worth it all because God suddenly stopped being worth it. Most of the sloth and, and, and stuff we see in the church, it is because people have concluded God is not worth it because he, he, they got saved on Friday. They thought he would bring him to heaven by Monday, and he didn't. He's still doing what he's doing, building up his kingdom for us to come. So, um, so they, they not, you know, they're fighting over that. So he says, listen. I need you to do this. But he said, but I am, you know, I, I don't want to remove your lampstand. That means this church is one of the seven churches that, that are aligned with the church, its counterpart in heaven. 
So this church is, is hard, it's big, and it's, it's Ephesus. It's not a congregation. It's a citadel. It's a site, and it's aligned with that. So And then so he said, but you do something right. You hate the things that the Nicolaitans do, and so do I. Well, you have to study the Nicolaitans. I have. They preach immorality. They preach sex in church. They preach sexuality. They preach idolatry. They preach witchcraft. They they made provisions for all of that. So all of this stuff that y'all talking about that is God, that is that, that is okay to do, that is not God. That's, that's the resurgence of the spirit of Nicolaitans and Balaam. Those are, those are literally spiritual doctrines that come from seducing spirits that have seated themselves in the consciousness of church leaders so that they can, again, have a place to go. For example, Satan was in that tree, he was in that serpent, and he was in that tree until Adam bought his lie. And the church is always in that same thing. Now, look at the reward. This is really good, guys. You're going to love this. No, I'm going over a little bit, but you're going to love this. I want you to know you're going to love it. So this is what he said. I love this. He said, everyone who hears this should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To those who win the victory, I will give the right to eat from the fruit, eat the fruit from the tree of life, which is in God's paradise. Okay, so what is he saying? Two hand hit. What is he saying? Tell me, what is he saying? Do you know what he's saying? The problem began in the garden. And in the garden, man lost. But because Jesus did it, and these people stayed in alignment with Jesus and his whole apostleship, so this is what he's talking about, because that's what, who he's giving it to, he says, you, listen to me, you'll again be able to eat from the tree of life that Adam and Eve once ate from and rejected for the treatment of the knowledge of good and evil. You are literally going to be the Ephesus because of love. See, that was the covenant they had, love God. That was to just obey God. So their love for Christ, but their resistance, because he's telling you, I love doing these churches, their, their resistance, their resistance, hear me, people, their resistance. Hmm. of the same spirit that tempted their four, humanity's foreparents will give them the, the inheritance they had. That means that they would have power to live forever. They would have access to the endless, untappable wisdom of the Almighty because that's what they had. And see, we never paid attention to that last little piece, that you would get to eat from the tree, the, listen, of the tree of life. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. I'm so excited because when God put that together for me, I thought, whoa, hold on. This is, that, 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 that also answers my body. What did he say that to? To the problem where there were apostles. Apostles from. Because we're supposed to prepare you and feed you from the tree of life. The tree, God's life. Not just a knowledge tree, but a substance tree. And so he's saying that. So now, but here we are with the drain. Are you ready? You have your pen ready? Yeah, I know you do. So this is what the drain is an acronym for this. This is the drain acronym. Defection and disturbance. Once people get disturbed with God, they start looking for a way to leave. 
and they start talking leave language, and I don't know if I'm going to make it, and I don't think this is for me, and, and whatever, because they're hot with God, because they, they're not in it for God. They're in it for personal advantage. Because when folks, I said to people, especially somebody, you know, a couple of folks had a problem with what I said about, well, you know, if you really repented of your tattoos, nobody would have to tell you to cover them. You'd be shamed. The fact that you still sport them blatantly, not realizing what God says or your pierced ears, you know, and all those kinds, all of those cultural things that you went back to because you didn't know any better. Because trust me, we all got stuff. We all got stuff. And so, but when you're disturbed with God, the first thing you're looking to do is to get away. I want to get out. I want to defect. I want to go to another church. I want to go to another religion. I want to go to another God. The second thing is that you also will, will fall into rebellion or rejection. You'll either reject God and become moody and surly and withdrawn, or you'll rebel and go do a, a whole totally opposite thing simply because you're disturbed with God. So we got D, we have R. Let's look at A. A, you have angst. You have angst with everybody. You got to fuss with everybody, snap and growl. You're short patient. I don't want to come to church. When I come to church, I don't want to pray. You want to walk into church and run out before you have to be kind to the saints, greet somebody. You even leave before the amen so you don't have to say, be nice to anybody because your ugly side is ruling because of your pain, your sorrow, your, your anger with God. And so you can only take that so long, and then you start going to church less and less. I go every other month. Uh, okay, when I'm going every three months, and now I'll just go on holidays. And eventually you abandon the faith altogether. You apostatize. And then so I, I is indifference or insolence. When you're really upset with God, you program your emotions to not be aroused at anything God, but to take a very defensive and reflective posture. You literally command your heart not to believe. You command your soul not to receive, receive anything. You, you give power to cynicism. You give power to skepticism. You mock, you scorn. Only, and all of those have all feedback to disappointment and disturbance with God. And so when you get in that posture, when your leaders try to, try to talk to you and try to correct you, you become insolent. You know, you just fall into insolence. You just, I don't care what you say, nothing is going to do it. I like insolence. In the middle of the word insolence is S-O-L-E for soul, which means console. You refuse to be consoled. You, you, you literally have words that project back on that leader what it is that you don't want to take responsibility for or acknowledge or what you don't want to be softened to. When people are really finished with God, they do a whole lot of things to never be softened to him again. They don't ever want to be tender to God again. That is why when God finally breaks through, they cry for like nine years. Because, you know, I'm fine. Come on, I said to God, am I ever going to stop crying? Come on, Jesus. Am I ever going to be able to come in your presence and not cry? Lastly, so that's I, and here's the end for drain, neglect and neutrality. First step is you neglect your responsibilities. You are not on the door any longer. You are not there for prayer any longer. You come in late so you don't have to do anything. You plan to be late because you don't want to be diligent because the number one statement of neglect is lateness, and then you go from that to absence, and you're not, I'm sorry, I can't, oh, I can't come. You cannot help the church any longer because you've made up in your mind you're not helping God do anything else again. You're going to help yourself. 
us. It's going to be you and number one. And so once you move from neglect, you've moved to neutrality. And so that is the extreme of indifference. I am neutral. I give no strength. I take no pain. I take no hits. I'm neutral. I'm just, I have no opinions. I don't want to talk about it. Don't bring it up to me because I am against religion, and I am certainly against Jesus Christ, and I'm certainly against Christianity. And so that is your dream because, see, we talked to you about burnout, and burnout means you're the victim. You work so hard for this sweet little God, and he just let you burn all out, and you're all tired and whatever. You gave him your all, and he wasn't powerful enough to replenish your strength and to refresh you and to empower you. But God said, I give life for life. God always says that. He said, I gave you the waters, the living waters of life that are well up in you and the wellspring. Now, if you mishandle his dispensation, that is not. Not isolated to a condition. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what that's about. Guys, but we're going to keep on going. So this is not isolated to a condition. This literally is elements of checking yourself. Jesus said, physician, heal thyself. See, if you can't examine yourself, as Paul says, how do you know when you're in and out of the faith or when you have slipped out of the faith? These people kept on working, but something left their worship. Something left their devotion. Something left everything, and, it, and, and they just became taskers. They just go, went from one task to the next task to the next task. No doubt going home at night saying, God, I'm in. Didn't want to pray. God, I'm too tired to pray. I don't understand how you want me to believe when this just happened. I don't understand how you want me to believe when that just happened. I don't know if this is helping you. Periscope, is this helping you? Are you all being helped? Because these are things that put you in control. What, what we told you put you in control really doesn't. We told you that your name and claim it, shake it and bake it, snap it, take it, prayer, demand it, command it, remand it, all of those kinds of things. We told you that all of that puts you in control. No, that's, those are tokens of your control, perhaps. But what puts you in control is you understanding the weapons of your warfare and their, their non-carnal side. So you have to find out when your carnality is being primed to turn on Jesus Christ. Because we have this whole thing, and we don't realize that in the grand scheme of it all, it's about Jesus. And the enemy is hot with Christ for his Calvary success. And he has been working from the day that man poured out his church on the planet, he has been working probably from the day that Jesus defeated him in hell, he's been working to recoup his losses. And Christians ought to be the first ones to understand that. Is this a recouping tactic? Am I being primed to become a recouping instrument or weapon? Because he's always going to recoup. All of this here carnality you see in the church, that's Satan recouping for those gods that he promised would have lifelong employment and who would always have job security. And here comes Jesus wrecking their job security and taking their work from them. So they're always going to do that. And you as Christians ought to know it because God has got to love you because you're his child. But trust me, he feels when you let him down. He may never tell you how much it bothers him, but he, he feels it because letting God down is giving his enemy a win. So all of this conversation you have about, well, you know, I got this and I got that. I spent last week the devil talking in my ear. I said, now, that's your issue. That's not mine. And no, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. I won't give him agreement. I will never give him agreement. Won't do it. 
I fundamentally disagree with his way of life. Fundamentally, at the core of my soul, I disagree. So I'm always on the lookout for him trying to get me to hurt my God. I'm not going to let him weaponize me against Jesus Christ. That's never going to happen, not in a million years. And you know why? Because fundamentally, I agree with Jesus Christ's way. If I didn't know his name, if I didn't know that he's God, if all I knew was his lifestyle, if all I knew was his doctrine, if all I understood was the, the, uh, his, his way of teaching or his principles of life and living, if that's all I knew, I would still agree. And that he's God, that's cherry on, you know, cherry on the cake. So anyway, Prophet Ashley, I know I went over, but I plan to. Uh, I plan to because I wanted to feed the sheep. So give me some of their feedback and yours. Uh, they were saying, this is great. My, 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 so true. Uh, speak, speak. <laughs> Lord, this is so good. That's good. She is cutting like a surgeon, especially when you're going through the church drain portion there. <laughs> uh, you took out the old-fashioned paddle today. Mm. <laughs> that encouraged me so much. Praise God. That was for me. My goodness, drop the mic. <laughs> okay, but well, if I do, it won't work. You're breaking this word down. You are truly better. If you are a pastor or a leader, a trainer, an advisor, a coach, I've just given you a package of soul cleansing. Now, this is, I do not call myself a clinician. I am not, and I don't pretend to be. But I do know I'm a soulologist because that's God's business. God's business is people. God's business is people in him, Christ in you, the hope of glory. When you've got Christ in you, and my job is to see to it that you apprehend the hope of glory. And so I am that. I call myself a soulologist. I am a solutionist. I'm going to give you the answers to your soul. That's what I just did here. So if you have that, First of all, share it with everybody. Pastor, you want to teach your people, share it. Share it. And everybody should listen to it at least three times. Three times to, for you to become aware of your soul. You want to go and touch souls, but you haven't even touched your own soul and won't let God touch it. You go to sleep, you pass out, you go dancing, you go singing, you go hanging out with friends, you go to restaurants, you go eat, you do anything to keep God from touching your soul. So, Prophet Ashley, continue. It's on you. Mama. Mama, 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 mama. Speak the statement of the day that will go up on my social media is you can pray down the will of Satan, but you cannot pray down the will of God. <laughs> Can't pray that. Uh, that. That just reverberates on and on and on throughout the kingdom. That right there needs to go around the kingdom, around the world, that you can agree <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Amen. And when you talk about it's time to retrain your brain mm -hmm. and how we were trained to think the way we think, subliminally, mm -hmm. overtly, whatever. And you do have to go back and retrain the way you think. First of all, accepting your thinking is off. And, you know, most people have a hard time with that I mean, because people think, Christians think with their heart. Yes. We, we used to say and talk about some of the things that we were dealing with and working with, uh, the, the uh, people that we are over here or far, whatnot, and finally just start saying they bound by devil and angel. Then we have we're to do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to start there. We eradicate the demonic infiltration 
And much of this will go with it. Exactly. And then we will be dealing with what God made in the way he wanted to make. And I appreciate how you talked about hope deferred mm-hmm. um, can come from life and not necessarily God. And how we do default mm-hmm. to blaming God. How come God and I've done all this and i got these prophecies and how come the Lord led and I've been praying and on and on and on and on we go blaming him along the way. And then, like you said, jobs change, people change, they break their word. Mm-hmm. All these things have nothing to do with God directly, yet he's the direct blame. Haven't you always said that to me? You said, but Dr. Price, I've been with you. I've heard people make promises to you and break them. Oh, yeah. And, you, and we oh, rely on them. Mm-hmm. Our entire last child was because of three major things people said out of their mouth, set in motion. Mm-hmm. And then stopped. And then do it. And that defers your hope. Yes. We certainly did all. <laughs> but, I mean, sure. Yes, it did. But no, we didn't, uh, you know, totally walk off the job. No, no. Well, we we, we didn't take a piece and go underground and recover. And sometimes you do have to go underground to recover. Yeah. Before you can recover all. You need to recover yourself. Mm-hmm. Let God do the work. <laughs> I'm, and we are young recovering myself. I'm in recovery. I'm in, uh, uh, I am in I recovery. Am recovery. We'll go recover all. Mm-hmm. Only in the next season, but right now I'm in recovery. Wow. What else did you have on that list? Because you have a good list over there. Oh, most of these are my next Amen. <laughs> well, and I want to say this to you so you understand. It is very difficult for the logical mind of the past to understand seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Sometimes you may not be bound by the devil of the doctrine, but you could be bound by the devil's doctrine, the devil's core thought line, thinking, we're believing. You may, so you might be, you know, I'm, I'm just this, but you're giving merit to this. When I listen to so-and-so because there's some merit, you don't hear the demonics in that doctrine, you know. And then other times you are bound by the spirit, the seducing spirit, that temptation. Now, these two usually work in a pair. They usually work as a team because Satan knows he's got to get to that intelligence so that he can get to the sentiment, and he's got to convert the sentiment so that it will override the intelligence. That was a very powerful revelation I just gave you, but I want you to think about that. So he has to get to your intelligence. So you always are going to hear him speak all of this logical sounding whatever. Paul calls it the wisdom of this world. So he's going to give you all of this worldly wisdom, all of this earthly wisdom that has everything to do with making you become irritable, incensed, and disturbed with Christ. His job is to make you dissatisfied with Jesus' way of life. He doesn't mind that you hold on to Jesus as a hope in the afterlife. He just doesn't want you to believe in Jesus' power in this life, because if you do, every time Jesus wins, it's a loss for him. And that's just game. It, it just it's played that way. And I mean, I'm oversimplifying it because, of course, there are some very complex, intricate nuances that you won't discern. That's why you need a mentor to help you discern where this is. This is a great job. God sent you cross country to move, sent you to a place to go and help one of his works get built, like those coming here, and then you come here and you look for a career that guarantees to make sure that you have no time for the church. You look for an opportunity to guarantee that you make no time, that you have no time. Now, you don't see it up front, but the enemy knows how that thing works. You were getting ready to say something. Yes, I would like to make a plug. You're plugging? For DrPaulaPrice.tv. 
Plug girl. There have been many posts of withdrawal symptoms <coughs> from the evening broadcast. And many people may not know that you have an online network, www.drpaulaprice.tv. It is subscription-based, mm-hmm. $19.99 a month. We are uploading. I am feverishly editing this week to get a whole new season up online. There are different categories, and I know we have at least 50 hours of Dr. Paula Price. No, like you said, no breaks in the signals, no frozen, no this, no that. It's clean. Uh, very clean. Some of them are the broadcasts you've done. Many of them are things you have done before in other settings, other teachings, other trainings. Dr. Paula Price. TV. Sign up today. And when you sign up, make sure you choose the option. I believe there's an option to get notifications yeah. when new materials are uploaded. Yeah, you need that because you're yeah. uploading it constantly. Yeah, and so, well, uh, seasonally it's being uploaded and new things mm-hmm. are going live. Right. And so you'll want to make sure you have those notifications. We're not quite there where Netflix is yet. You know, where when you log in, they always tell you on the home front page or whatever what's new and check them out mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so get those notifications. I love the setup because, because it does look like it has categories. Mm-hmm. It's broken down. It's very clean. It's very organized. You can uh, watch again and again and again and over and over and over. Not worry about your Internet. It's up. It's down. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. And uh, yes, we're having a job system. That's right. So you need to tune in on Sundays as well. Dr. Price is on Periscope, and we started streaming on the Congregation of the Mighty Page. Okay. On Facebook, you need to go to, it says Dr. Paula Price or Dr. Price and the Congregation of the Mighty. You can ask to join. If you are not already a member, we already have over 1,000 people on there. Yeah. So many of these people already are. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last Sunday, we're in a new location. I was testing it out. And so we'll be streaming from both places on Sunday, as well as, of course, Thursdays. We'll continue with the Paula Price Show. I wanted to give that push. Well, I think it's a great push. Make sure you go and do it. And also, listen, give a subscription as a gift. Yes. There are some people who really want it, and we, I, I'm not sure I can do that right now. I'm in between jobs or, or something like that. Give it as a gift. If, if, if you have people you know love Christian television, give it as a gift or, you know, sow it to them and also become a referral buddy. But don't just wait for us to come on. I would love for you to say, you know what, I just got this subscription. I know you like a lot of wisdom. You like teaching. You like Christian television. This is powerful. Yes, do that. Okay, let me answer a few questions here. Yes, you can pay tithes to the ministry. You can go to www.drpaulaaprice.com. That's Dr. Price's website. To pay your tithes, click on the option to sow a seed. It will take you to um, how we collect that. You had some people saying they were taking communion with us on Sunday. Thank you. And don't forget, this is the first Sunday coming. Is it this Sunday uh, or next week? Sunday. Next week's the first summing Sunday, so get your stuff ready. And what we're going to start doing this Sunday uh, after church. So you want to make sure that you're tuning in on both the, uh, the Congregation of the Mighty on Facebook and Periscope. One of the ministers, one of the prophets or other uh, prophets in training will come back to where we're broadcasting in our broadcast nook. We have a nook now. Yep, we have a nook. And take your prayer request and pray over you. Some of it may be just general prayers. You may be praying for healing, financial breakthroughs, that sort of thing.
thing, and sometimes it'll be personal where you can give them and get that prayer after church. We want you to be a part of the Congregation of the Mighty. One more time, the Congregation of the Mighty is on Facebook. And so you need to go to Facebook and put in the search, Dr. Price and the Congregation of the Mighty. That will pull up the group page for the Congregation of the Mighty. I'll be streaming from my Facebook on there, on that page, on Sundays, inviting people. We have someone from South Africa talking about I am enjoying this from South Africa. Amen. I love the fam around the world. Now, when they do it during the broadcast, the church service, can they key in prayer requests? Yes, they can post them. Okay, so you can post them. Yeah, and we'll know that, you know, that'll give us some direction on what to pray for. The prophets are going to minister prophetically. If they get a word on a post, then they're going to give the word of the Lord on that post. We are the congregation of the mighty. We are apostolic prophetic. We are 100% scripturally organic, culturally unmodified. Ours is scripturally organic. So you're going to get prayers from the word of God, but you're also going to get prayers from scriptures authoring mantles. You know, I always use that phrase because we need to recognize that how the authors do things and how the readers do things can be slightly different or vastly different. So we do understand that the scriptures were penned according to Jesus Christ by apostles and prophets. Amen. Yeah, we're at our new broadcast time, I guess, on Sunday. We're in our new location. So Dr. Price goes live around 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So that's the time if you are available to be live. Or some people go to church on Saturday, they're home. That's when you want to uh, be on the lookout for those notifications going on. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it. So we want your prayers. Stay involved. But also tell your friends about the Congregation of the Mighty, especially people that say, you know what, I'm between churches or I'm not getting fed at my church. How often do we hear that? I'm not getting fed at my church. Ashley, how often do you hear that in a month? Uh, many times, and I'm poor, because a lot of times, well, I used to be poor. Now I've heard a lot. Uh, it's from a lot of people in this, the bigger, more popular churches. Yep. Talking about, well, because they're not going to move until they get to a, a greater, better pastor, mm-hmm. richer, richer, nutrient-wise in the Word, which is also why I'm just over the moon about us having our location. We already have some people coming back. Mm-hmm. Returning to us. Yes. Yes. And so we have, we have a couple of, well, this Sunday we had a few returnees, but I want you to understand that this is scripturally organic. And, and you know, when if nobody's saying I have to leave my church, but I will tell you, and I'll keep saying it, but right now I am where you get scripturally organic, culturally unmodified Christianity, the messages, the teachings, the grace, the anointing, the miracles, the providences, the signs, and the wonders. They are here. And I am not going to apologize for realizing that God chose me for such a weighty burden. And I am grateful to him. I tell him all the time, God, I want this for you. I don't just want it for me. Sometimes you'll know when you've grown up and God asks you when you can honestly want the best for him instead of wanting his best for you. Okay? And I pray all the time. This is important to Jesus Christ. We talk about it continually. He wants his people sanctified. He wants them, um, you know, um, transformed. He wants them back home in his house. He wants them back with him. And you know what we're planning, Ashley. I know you didn't know, so we've talked about it, but we're also planning to have a scripturally organic, culture unmodified baptism. Yes. 
We're bringing the saints into this thing by the spirit and by the word. This is God. This is God. This is coming into it. You know, um, uh, what is his name? John the Baptist had to bring them in by that. Jesus brought them in by the word. The apostles brought them in. You know, a lot of people have never been baptized. Yeah. Ever, because, you know, we've been told it didn't matter, because all of the foundations and all of the sacraments and traditions of the church were legalistic, so we didn't need that. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, we have a wonderful little baptism. We're going to, honey, bring you into Christ in his fullness, and we're going to love on Well, I had a great time today. I miss you all. You see, I couldn't shut up. I miss you. I missed you. I miss you. This is going to be really a great withdrawal time for me. But we're going to be teaching school. Those of you who enroll in school will get me live streaming because if you're a part of the online school, then you will get, you enroll in school, you can get those classes. There are certain classes that will be streamed. Others may not be. But that's where we are. But there is another prophet out there in the blogosphere. <laughs> I know there's a prophet in the blogosphere. So, Blogosphere Prophet, are you there? <laughs> yes, I am here. I'm in the Blogosphere. I'm in. I'm. I'm in the atmosphere. I'm in whatever sphere you need me to be in. <laughs> Just be a prophet. prophet of God in all of them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really powerful show today. I um. Uh, so many things, but I think my greatest takeaway. I wanted. I made a note of this. You said that. We have to understand the weapons of our warfare and their non-carnal sides and know when your weapons are being primed to turn on Jesus Christ. Wow. You just got to let that penetrate a little bit and think on those things. Um, You know, it's just, you you start looking at your arsenal, you're like, all right, all right, all right. Maybe there's some weapons I need to be giving up here. But But overall, I think it was really powerful to understand you know, God's perspective on how we respond to his correction, how we respond to even who he is and what he's telling us. I love you bringing out Ephesus and and just understanding how God deals with things and how we are supposed to conform and condition our responses so that we're giving him the right response and we don't ultimately end up, you know, walking away from our inheritance with him. So it was a really powerful, powerful uh, training today. I enjoyed it. I know everybody on the phone enjoyed it too. Amen. Well, I'm glad. Those are very profound comments from the blogosphere prophet of the day. I love it. I love that. You know, my team rolls with me. I really do get a, I get a kick out of that. Well, Periscope, it's time for me to go to the phone. Make sure you push that number one if you want to talk to me. We can talk about what was uh, discussed today. We can talk about what's on your mind, on your heart. You can get prayer, prophecy, and counsel, but you can't get it if you don't go over to Blog Talk Radio and hit that number one. God bless you. I will see you Sunday with Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity in action. Prophet Adia, it's on you. All right. All right. Well, you've been listening live to the Paula Price Show. We're here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show is where you can catch us, and that is where we will be Sunday morning, 11 a.m. 
Central Standard Time is when you can tune in to Dr. Paula Price. We will soon be streaming. Um, uh, we're working on streaming our entire services so that you can join with us from beginning to end. But right now, join us about 11 a.m. Central so you can hear the word. And every time we have communion, we will be broadcasting that as well. We also will be starting to broadcast our offering time so that you can join with us. So we're speaking to you specifically, Congregation of the Mighty Online. Next week, we'll be giving you information on how you can go to your very own website for the Congregation of the Mighty Online. So stay tuned, stay tuned, stay tuned to online for this weekend. You can participate by giving your tithes and offerings online at drpaulaaprice.com. All you'll do is click sow a seed. And when you sow a seed, just designate it that it is your tithe and your offering if you are a part of the Congregation of the Mighty Online. Congregation of the Mighty Online, we love you. We're reaching out to you and we're going to be praying for you. So don't forget to post your prayer needs in the Facebook group so that we can cover you. Again, Dr. Price is going to be broadcasting this Sunday, so don't miss out. If you are in a service during that time but would like to catch Dr. Price's scripturally organic culture on modified services, you can actually catch the replay later in the day. So make sure if you're joining us on the line and you have not downloaded the Periscope app, download the Periscope app and follow Dr. Paula Price. Again, download the Periscope app and follow Dr. Paula Price there on Periscope so that you can get notified whenever she is on live. All right, so do that for us so that you'll get those notifications. Join our mailing list online at drpaulaaprice.com so you can get all the information about the upcoming semester at Price University. want to give you that website today, priceuniversity.org priceuniversity.org. You can apply online today. We're accepting applications. First day of fall semester is September 15th. So there is still time for you to get enrolled, to get registered for your classes and start your Price University journey. So again, visit us online at priceuniversity.org and get your application. You can also schedule a consultation to speak with a university representative. Just click the contact us page and enter your information and someone will get back to you. So again, visit us online, priceuniversity.org so you can apply to be enrolled for fall semester. We do have both online and campus enrollment available. All right, to get to your calls, we need you to press that number one so you can speak to Dr. Price in this last half hour of the Paula Price Show. So press that number one right now. I'm going to turn it back to you, Prophet Ashley, so we can get to our callers. All right. Thanks, Prophet Adia. In the blogosphere and every other sphere we have, we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, 
visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are a fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They are your pillars, your founders, your ground. They are your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up or fortify it if it's already in existence and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but... How do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed 
and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. All right, we are back with Dr. Paula Price and the Paula Price Show, our live Thursday broadcast, reaching out to you and touching your lives one-on-one. Dr. Price, are you ready for phase two, part two of the Paula Price Show? I think you're on mute. Does that mean phone call? Yes, it does. <laughs> well, then, if that means phone calls, I am certainly ready to talk to my callers. I've missed them. I miss them, and I miss them a lot. So let's go to the phone. All right, here we go. First up is Francine from South Carolina. She's calling today with an update about her friend and niece, and then prayer for a friend in ministry. Francine, welcome back to the Paula Price Show. Thank you so much, Prophet Ashley. How are you, Dr. Price? I am fine. How are you, Francine? It's been a little bit since I've heard your voice. It's been a couple of months, but I wanted to congratulate you on your new church building and on Price University. And... I wanted to thank you for um, praying for my niece, Angelica, and my um, good friend, Chris. Um, Chris's pacemaker replacement surgery was successful. Um, He's getting better every day. And my niece, Angelica, she has been released um, from the county jail. However, I am not certain that she has learned the lesson, and that's a little bit disappointing to me, but... It will be what it will be. But I do thank you for your prayers. Well, thank you. I'm glad for the update. It's always good to hear the feedback, especially when when God does it and he does it so quickly. Um, so we thank God for Chris, most of all, that God continues to, to strengthen him and keep him in literally perfect health for the purposes for which he's on the planet. With Angelica, I'm going to tell you this. As you were talking about her, uh, Francine, I kept hearing that she's really struggling with the spirit of her father. Now, whether that is physical or whether it is genetic, but this this thing that's in her has got to run its course in her system, and you all need to be prepared for that. God will spare her life. He will keep her life in his hands. 
But it's got to run its course. Okay. You you said something about her father? Yeah, that she's struggling with the spirit of her father, whether that's genetic or not, I can't say. But I do know that in her makeup that this is a similar thing that runs through that family tree. Okay, this is what I can tell you. Um, Angelica is um, adopted. My sister had her since she was two weeks old, and probably a few years ago she was able to locate her birth mother and her birth mother's family, but she, and she has met them, but she has not met her birth father. But I do understand that when she was born, her mother wrote a letter that, said that her birth father was somebody she really didn't ever need to know, that he was pretty much a big troublemaker from what I understand. Well, well, yeah, well, and so because as you were talking, I just saw her father's spirit running up and down in her soul, and I said, well, see, she's got to get this out of her system. The upside of it is that the nurturing that she got from, you know, the mom or mother who adopted her, obviously your sister, Mm -hmm. and – and the prayers will cause her to have a different outcome than her dad. But this wild thing that she's struggling with, it, you know, thank God that she's under you all for it to be curtailed and at least regulated or directed, but it's something that's got to run its course. And it's going to run its course. Okay. Okay. You know, it's interesting that with people that – um when we think about praying for people and we just want them delivered, we don't recognize that a lot of that stuff is in the gene pool, is in the genetic makeup, you know, which mm-hmm. is why we must be born again. That's that's mm-hmm. what the whole new birth is about. And so, yes, we should pray. And, yes, we should pray without ceasing. And, yes, we should offer them to the Lord. But you continue to pray for God to take over as her father. This girl okay. needs God to take over as her father. Okay. I will do that. Yes. All right. Okay, what else is going on? What are we praying for today? Uh, today we are praying for a dear friend of minister, a dear friend of mine that's in ministry. Her name is Minister um Ricks. She's about sixty or so years old and she was recently diagnosed with stage four kidney cancer. Um and she's self employed. And her insurance is denying her chemotherapy treatment. They don't want to pay for it. Wow. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You might have to get some, some legal help or something with that one. But let's just, you know, and, and, and you know, sometimes insurance is like, you know, when we don't know things for but I don't think that they have a right to make a decision on the life or death or even the possibility of miracles for people. I just, I, I, that's something I don't agree with. So, Father God, first of all, I pray for this woman. Lord, I lift her up to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our healer. And Lord, we decree and declare that she gets the financial support she needs from her insurance company. God, change the guards if you must. Change the the counselor if you must. Change the advisor. But whatever it takes, God, I'm reversing this decision in the natural. And I command it to happen 
Lord, through the agencies that's assigned to speak to her. In the meantime, Lord, I'm speaking a healing to her body, a dissolution of this disease. I'm thanking you, God, for arresting it by the Holy Ghost and causing the spirit of life to slaughter every one of those cells in her body. God, we call her complete, complete, and we call her healed and cleansed by the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Dr. Price. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley, I have another call to take. Do I not? You do. You have a couple calls to take. Next up on the line is Tyranny. This is our Tyranny. She's calling from South Carolina to give us some updates and also prayer for moving to Tulsa. Tyranny, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you, Prophet Ashley. Hi, Dr. Price. Hi, Tyranny. You know, I've been watching you. You are so homebound. It's not funny. You know that, right? Ma'am, I didn't hear you. You are, you are homebound, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. I'm so ready. I'm getting antsy and all, you know, yes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> We're ready to re- receive you home. So tell me, how can I pray for you today? Uh, well, I just wanted to give an update. It's been about a year since I started my life advisement, so it's been about 12 months. And um, when I first called, you know, I was in that block spot. I wasn't hearing God. I wasn't really sure where I was going, if I was up or down. And I just wanted to, of course, say my thank yous for um, PPM Global. And Prophet Spears is a prophet that has been working with me through my life advisement. So definitely um, hearing light um, in the light of Jesus and just gratefulness for being able to just move out of that dark place back into the marvels of life, you know. Mm, that's a good testimony, a great yes. testimony. I'm glad. Well, congratulations for your milestone. I always like to congratulate on the milestones because, you know, those are those breakthrough things that, that really make the difference. So congratulations and keep going forward. Now, we do need to get you home. So, are we talking job? Because, see, I can call in whatever we need. What do we need? Well, um, I did do a job interview, a phone interview, so I'm still waiting to hear back from that. And I'm still now I'm looking for somewhere to go. Um, my plan was to move in November, but I kind of want to move a little bit earlier, maybe in September. So that's kind of the plan. And then I just had – I also had, like, with my family, they're kind of, like, in the this place kind of place too. So wondering should I suggest that they move too or just kind of know, like, what my next step is. Well, you know, so far we've been getting families. So that's yeah. not a surprise, you know, because God <laughs> wants to bless families. He doesn't just yes. – you know, if he can bless the whole family, the more the better for him. He will, you know, of course, work with the one that's loyal and faithful. So may I suggest that you, and when this is over, Tyranny, um, set up a schedule to talk with Chief Prophet Tyler because, you know, she's been relocating everybody. I mean, she's been yes. finding jobs. She's been finding apartments. This woman is, I mean, her mantle is doing something brand new. <laughs> <different>. <laughs> We're yeah. just excited for her. So make an appointment to talk with her. We have a company here that we are also um, going to talk with to see if we can get, because um, they say they need they have a lot of help. I talked to one of the people, and they said that they need a lot of help between now and January. So we're going to talk to them about getting our come-home people on their list and to get phone interviews. 
Um, so we're doing stuff for what I want to do because I so far everybody who has come has gotten a job. And so God is blessing this move. Whatever this is, they've gotten jobs, they've gotten apartments, and it's been quick. I mean, we're talking about two weeks, one week, a month, and some of them, like like you, before they even arrive, coming here with the job already secured. So I know this is God. There will not be a problem with, with us getting them settled. But if they're going to come, I need you all to come through Chief Prophet Tala so we can, you know, uh, access our resources. And if they're going to come, you know we want them in a group. So talk to her. She'll help you work all of that out. How's that? Yes, Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I already spoke to her for myself, but I know, like, this shit kind of happened with my mom and my sister and my brother. So, you know, just thinking about it, and I talked to um, Prophet Spears about it also, and just kind of like maybe, you know, they're supposed to shift too. So I definitely will get them plugged in and see. Well, yeah, get them plugged in because it could well be that this will benefit them more, benefit you more family than them benefiting you and them struggling back home and they don't want to. There are some people that are like, I'm not interested. And then we've had some people who move and their family say, wow, that's working out for you so well, I'm coming. So it's on God. We just will tell you that they're welcome. We love them. Yes, We're yeah. praying for everybody. And, we, you know, when you get here, we'll pray for you, anoint you up, and get you right on your way. Yes, ma'am. Amen. All right. So Amen. what am I calling for? I'm just a general prayer is fine. <laughs> okay. Well, Father God, I thank you so much for Tyranny. I've loved the, the, the couple of times that we've visited. I thank you for her father. I thank you for her life, her love. I thank you for her determination to walk in your light and to live in it, God. I'm asking that you continue the great work you've done in her and to even accelerate it a little so she'll have a little bit of a challenge. This is a woman who loves a challenge. So we thank you for doing that. We open up the the city of Tulsa to her. We open up employment. We open up housing. And we do it by the Holy Ghost for her. And if it's your will for a family, God, we find them a house that they can rent while they're in this city so that they can settle in. We summon that to be in, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Rice. You're very welcome. See you soon. Prophet. All right, Dr. Price. Love the transplants. Okay, we have next calling in from Georgia is Tammy, and Tammy is calling for prayer for her husband. He has post-traumatic stress syndrome, and uh, it is not going well for him and them in their marriage. And so she's calling in for prayer for that. Tammy from Georgia, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Price, how are you? I am fine, Tammy. I'm glad you're calling. Is this your first time calling in? No, ma'am. I've called before. Okay. Okay. I I thought I might have heard a little ring of familiarity in the voice, but just wanted to be sure. Yes. So tell me, yes, how, I've called how can before. I help? Okay. I was in a, I have called before. Yes, ma'am. Um, well, my husband uh, is suffering from PTSD, and he and I got married late in life after two failed marriages before. And now this PTSD is is getting to the point where it's getting worse and worse. He has diagnosis, but he he has not really sought counseling especially for our marriage. He doesn't feel that his PTSD is affecting our marriage and personal relationships. And my adult son came to live with us because he was pretty near homeless, and he suffers with ADD. So it's a very 
situation where he is just so, uh, the symptoms are just so horrible, you know, he's anxious most of the time, and he uh, said he wants to get a divorce because he says I'm forcing him to live a way that he don't want to live, and as Christian people, you know, we are to help those that are less fortunate. And then as my husband, I'm supposed, you know, I know my vows were for sickness and health. And when I married him, I didn't know he had this illness. Um, and he um, seems, like he said, people that just gradually drift out of the church. He was coming to church. We had gotten into a new, a, a new church, and he was coming, and then slowly he just got too busy at work, and then he just wasn't coming. And then um, he kind of, like, stopped coming, and then his mom died. I think it was back in um end of November. We buried her in December. And it seems like he's gotten seduced by someone that's telling him everything that he wants to hear. And all of those things are just compounding. Okay, so let me summarize what I have. First of all, let me ask you this, Tammy. How long have you been married? Our anniversary was uh, the 23rd. It would have been 12, it's 12 years. Um, he told me about the divorce on July 4th. And um, it's just been, he's okay, just been so you- so let me ask you this, Tammy. So you did I hear you correctly when you said you married him and didn't know that he had this disorder? I didn't know. Okay, I did hear you correctly. All right. So and and throughout all of this time, it never showed up before. No, I've been dealing with it from day one. Just didn't know what it was. Um, and after. Uh, he went to the VA and they diagnosed him. They gave, he, he he realizes he has it. He was going to the the classes, and then they gave him a rating for anxiety. But it's you know it is full blown PTSD because I live with him, and little things just agitate him. With my son being ADD, he forgets a lot of things, leaves things out, doesn't close doors. But for a person that's been in the military, that is very agitating. So it's and with me, we're forgetful. And it's just that um, in those relationships, the wife becomes the enemy. It's, yeah. It's, it's... You have, um, are you still there? Yes, ma'am. Okay. You, you you have a lot on your plate. Now, you, is it possible for you to talk to whomever he was um working with at the VA? Is it possible for you to talk to them and maybe have them visit the house or something? Uh, I think the HIPAA laws would not let me um, get into anything that remotely had to do with his medical records. Um, I did sign up as a spouse, you know, a spouse of uh, a person with PTSD, and I was supposed to go to the classes, but it was conflicting with my work schedule, so I didn't go, and then I missed one. And so um, it's, it's like he doesn't. I, I just have to, you know, pray, of course, but reach out to them again and see as a spouse of a person that's suffering with this disorder, what can I do to to get some intervention? Well, that's what I think, uh-huh. and I need you to recognize that 
you know, there is no quick fix. I'm going to pray, no doubt about it. I'm going to pray, do my part of it. But this is going to be a process, a walkout. So you're going to have to prioritize. If you want to save your marriage, then you're going to have to prioritize your work schedule because if you had another kind of physical crisis, you would have had to make arrangements to go. I mean, to to, to reschedule. Okay, so you need to prioritize this for him. You also need to get treatment for your son because, uh, sweetheart, I got to tell you that you are, boy, talk about flanked on all sides. But I will say to you, you need to get in that group. Get in that group so then they can tell you the best ways to help. uh, In addition, the church, does your church have any kind of a treatment for difficult things. I don't know how large it is. I know know that the larger churches tend to have counselors and things like that. So I'm thinking that's a possibility for you as well. Um, <laughs> lastly, I, w- I would suggest that you would um, call in, because this is way too involved for this kind of a, a line, um, but you need to call in and set up, set up a prophetic advisement with Dr. Spears because I believe he can definitely help you at least strengthen you through it. And then you need to get somebody who's going to navigate the the agencies that can help you work through this. See, I am not one of those ministers that say, well, we'll just pray and it's the devil because PTSD is a serious thing. And I don't think that it's all just abstract. I think that there are some organic elements to it as well, whether it's, you know, eating the wrong thing or medications that have deteriorated certain things. So I don't think that it's just, um, it's always a prayer walk, but it's never exclusively a prayer walk, okay? So I want to tell you that I need to to get him under that. So my prayer is going to be that God moves him to get treatment and that God moves him to want to, and, and connects him with someone that he trusts, who has been where he is, that can help coach him, and walk him through it. That is a main thing. I also think he has some some serious organic and chemical issues that should be addressed. That's my discernment. He has a lot of organic and chemical things. There are some foodstuffs that are just not working with whatever it is he's taking. So he does need to get a checkup. But I think that people like this have, it's a complex work. It's not either the church or either the, uh, the, the, the psychologist or either the doctor. It, I think it's a complex. Your husband needs a complex plan, and, and it's going to take longer than this call to make that happen. In addition, ironically, even though these are organic, everything we know has a spiritual source, whether it's the, the broken soul, frustrated spirit, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's other gates that, that, that allow the, mm-hmm. it, you know, the access this is all that. So I'm going to play my side of it. But what I mentioned that because I need you to recognize that the two of them together, the spirits on the two of them together, they're talking. Yeah, they're understanding each other because, you know, that's how that thing works. So they're understanding each other. So I would strongly urge you to, when this call is over, set up a prophetic advisement with him. He can help you in terms of you dealing with this. I need you to go back to that group so you can get the VA back involved or whatever doctors he has. And if that's not, maybe they're not the one. Maybe you need to get another personal physician uh, involved who can walk you through it, you know, whatever clinics or whatever. But I can, I can ask God, and I will ask God, to break the will of that spirit that is resisting his treatment. And I'm asking God to break that thing. 
spiritually to sever the demonic guard that's keeping this going on. Mm. I reassign that guard to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you for causing this man to have enough lucidity to remember his love for his wife, his concern for his family. Lord, walk into his life supernaturally those that you have handpicked for his care, for his confidence, and for his treatment. God, I thank you for sending guides that come from you, guards from you for the husband and the son. And Lord, I thank you for sending professionals. I believe that you have professionals that will get this done. And Lord, I'm asking that you would connect him to it and cause affinity to form between both of these men and the therapist or the treatment specialist you have handpicked. God, we don't want them from the other religions. We don't want them from Buddhism. We don't want them from yes, Hinduism. We don't, want them, we don't want them from that. We want them from the Lord Jesus Christ. Pick those that you have chosen, God. And as you do, I thank you for walking them through it and giving them the, the affection for the healers that you walk into their lives that will cause them to trust again and to complete the project. Meanwhile, I thank you for giving Tammy the counselor and the guidance and advising she needs yes, to Lord. stand and withstand. And, Lord, I'm asking for a church. Let there be a church that you trust that they can all go to and find peace in. But, Lord, I command the defiant spirit that's always attending these kinds of mental disorders to cease in this every maneuver. I shut down defiance and insolence. I shut down callousness and hostility, and I bind up that hateful spirit that's maneuvering them. Now, Lord, until he gets under the care you've chosen, I'm asking that you would take over their minds and that your will be done in their life, in Jesus' name. Let it be so. Let it be done. And let it be now. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Make sure, Tammy, that after you do this, I'm asking God to give you sweet sleep. It seems like you haven't rested well for a long time. I'm going to give you six weeks of sweet sleep. You're going to sleep and it's going to be safe. Six weeks hey, of sweet Jesus. sleep. I think that kind of sleep that you haven't had since you were a little hey, girl. Jesus. So that you can rest. I'm lifting the anxiety off of your soul. I'm right now asking those rivers of living water that God has given all of us to spring up in your belly. You need a new wellspring of life, a wellspring of blessing. You need the refreshing of the Holy Ghost. And I'm asking God to give you a friend, a companion that you can trust, because you have nobody that's in your life that you can really lean on. But God said, until you can, lean on the everlasting arms of your Savior and your Father who art in heaven. You are going to be fine. This house is going to be yes. fine. That will be healed. It will be cleansed, and you will do well. I don't care what the devil says. You have yes. a God in heaven, and your God is God of God. So you and your family will do well. Just follow yes. this counsel and believe God and yes. get a prayer partner. Jesus said you need a prayer partner. If you don't have any in your midst, then you need to sign up for a life advisement here with PPMG so that you can get a prayer partner because when our clients get prayer, uh, they, they get intercessory prayer partners. So you need that. Yes. Okay? Amen. Uh, amen. What, was the, what huh? was the name of the what was the name of the uh uh man that she said I needed to call 
a doctor of spirits, one of our prophets, and he's also a coach, licensed coach. He does this in his career, and he's also um, does um, works with families. He does a lot with families. That's just one of them, but we have a whole program. Once you get into our process and into our program, we have quite a few specialists that God has joined us to to help people walk through various things. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that your husband needs help from the powers and from the sources in your region. Amen. Can you spell Amen. his name? You said Dr. Austere, A-U-S-T. Yes, like, you know, uh, throw your spear. Spear. Okay, yes. Dr. Spear. Yes. Okay. Do that. Okay. okay. And so we got a lot. You got a lot to do. Um, we 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 can make this happen. But this here, Tammy, will not be a quick fix. So you need to strap up, gear up, yes, and be ready. This is going to be a process. And I think that we as Christian ministers need to stop telling folks that it's a snap your finger, snap your head, spin around, throw cloth, and sling oil. This is this is a process. Who have a twelve-month journey for this restoration? Yes, ma'am. And in the beginning, it's a bumpy road, but it can be smoothed out. Yes, it can be. God is stronger. Mm. All right. God bless you. I gotta go. I'm out of time. Thank you. So Thank you. You're very Thank welcome. You so Stay in touch. Bye bye. I will. All right. Ashley, I'm out of time. I realize that, you know, I want to do some more stuff, but hey, we do have next Thursday. Join me for Sunday morning at 1030 for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity. Watch your phones to know when I'm going live. Watch your devices, and they will tell you when I'm going live. Until then, have a great weekend. Be prosperous. If you need other counsel, go online and say, I want a prophetic advisement, and sign up for prophetic advisement. You need more than that? Just go online. We have a whole complement of services to help the body of Christ get God's help in their world, and in their situations. Until Sunday, God bless you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.